The last thing each day is to set an alarm for the first thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale on 760 WJR. Look, Renee, at this point, just wake me up. Just wake me up when there's a new speaker. You could be sleeping for a long time, and I need you, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Well... I, I, there, there's some say uh, that say might say that uh, I'm not awake during this show anyway, but <laughs> I don't know. I, it, here's the thing: if if it wasn't for Israel hanging in the balance, if it wasn't for um, the possible uh, the possibility of another shutdown mid November, I really wouldn't care about this. But uh, I, to, to get you caught up, Jim Jordan went down again in the second round of voting for House Speaker yesterday. He actually lost votes. He lost even worse. Yeah, it's getting further and further away. And and now, um, you know, the House is looking at other solutions. Um, They're looking at maybe extending the person who is the temporary speaker right now, Patrick uh, McHenry, uh, extending him uh, for the time being. Uh, However, I don't know how many votes he has to get in order to be kind of like a stopgap speaker, but it needs Democrat approval. So I I, I think that's kind of dead in the water in itself. Right. I mean, work needs to be done, even if this is just a Band-Aid for now. Um, But a Michigan congressman, Jack Bergman, he's looking into uh, uh, making a run at speaker. He's got a hell of a district. He's got like the lower peninsula from Traverse City up and the entire upper peninsula. Oh, wow. Yeah, which sounds like a a very picturesque district to represent. And uh, it it, it was kind of fun. I I forget who it was. I don't know if it was the Detroit News. I don't know if it was Click On, but they released... um, you know, a, a list of Michigan Republicans and who they voted for. And uh, John James vo- voted for Candace Miller. And I said, you know what? That's actually a good idea. If there's one person I would vote for every time, it's Candace Miller. She's my favorite Republican. Uh, she is supremely competent. Uh, she's above the political fray. She's worked, which works with Democrat Mark Hackle in Macomb County beautifully. She used to do a lot of work with my former Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. Uh, but I, I, it's almost like she's too smart to get involved in, in in these boondoggles. She plays nice. She's logical, and she likes taking care of my favorite lake, Lake St. Clair. Uh, a, a personal <laughs> story about Candace Miller. Um, and I don't know if she remembers this, but I remember uh, back when I was working on Frank. It was uh, they were on location and I was really busy and she was calling in to do a uh, interview and I got so frazzled and I said, uh, we'll be right with you, Candace woman, Congress Miller. <laughs> and, 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 you know, we shared a laugh and everything. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she's been called worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, no, she's a great lady. I I'm like a, her a lot. I'm, I'm a, a big, fan. I'm a big candy mill fan. So um but you know, her all the nicknames and titles. Yeah, well, you know, I I I, I feel like I know her like that. Um, <laughs> so I don't know when the next vote's going to be. I heard possibly today. Uh, I also heard Friday. So uh, so who knows? Who knows? And meanwhile, uh, Joe Biden is doing his best to president out there without a uh, w- without a Congress, without a House Speaker. <sighs> yeah. And he did his best to salvage his trip to Israel yesterday. Obviously, it changed dramatically because there was that uh, bombing of the hospital in Gaza that killed 500 people. And there's finger pointing. The Hamas is blaming Israel. Israel is saying that uh, um, it was a Palestinian misfire. Um, Joe Biden is going with that narrative. Uh, but, 
you know, I, I guess let's start with the good news. Um, there, there may be some humanitarian relief allowed in on the border of uh, Egypt and, and Gaza. Yeah, he said that uh, we are going to send food. We, we are going to do all of the above of what you said. Um, he did say that if Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, that they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. He also said an additional $100 million in humanitarian assistance would be delivered to Gaza and the West Bank. He said that, uh, as you were mentioning, there were conflicting claims of who was responsible for the hospital blast. Officials in Gaza quickly blamed an Israel airstrike. Israel denied that it was involved and released a flurry of video and audio and other information that said it showed the blast was instead due to a missile misfire by Islamic Jihad and another militant group operating in Gaza. The Islamic Jihad dismissed that claim, and then Biden on Wednesday said data from his Defense Department showed that it was not likely a strike by the Israeli military. So as you said, a lot of finger-pointing going on. Yeah, and there's uh, this this phone call, this allegedly intercepted phone call between two members of Hamas, um, of them saying to each other, um, which they thought was something that was secret, that uh, it was a Palestinian misfire. But, you know, I don't know, Renee. I, I think there is so much anger, and I think there's so mi- much mistrust between factions in that side of the world. I think even if you had stone-cold evidence, I, I, don't think, uh, I, I don't think people would believe it either way. And um, a couple of other updates from over there. President Biden pledged $100 million in relief to Palestinian people in Gaza, said he was going to put a large aid package in front of Congress this week for Israel. But, of course, there's no House speaker, so who knows how far that'll go. Um, Egypt is actually um, apprehensive to open up the border to refugees because they're afraid that, uh, you know, some bad actors might sneak in along the uh, uh, along with the peaceful Palestinians. We can't trust anyone. Right. And they're not only afraid, um, you know, of terrorist attacks inside of Egypt, they're afraid of Palestinians or or members of Hamas setting up camp in Egypt and starting a war on that front. Yeah. Um, It's like a a disease. You don't want you don't want the disease to spread. Right. And so, you know, how do you open up that border for people while making sure that you don't have anyone dangerous coming in? Right. Um, there were protests that erupted all over the Middle East because, like I said, um, you know, there's there's Palestinians who no matter what evidence you show them that it was not an Israeli strike, they they were kind of looking for a catalyst to start protesting and rioting anyway. Um, there was uh, protesting outside the American embassy in Lebanon. Uh, there is no Israeli embassy in Lebanon and, and, and people in that part of the world. Uh, they see America and Israel as one and the same. Back here at home, 300 pro-Palestinian Jewish protesters calling for a ceasefire were arrested because they entered the Capitol building in the U.S. So, um, yeah, this 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 thing is getting messier and messier by the moment. But uh, at least at, at least some humanitarian aid is is being allowed into uh, the Gaza Strip. Hopefully it's delivered to them soon. And Joe Biden will address the nation tonight at 8 p.m. I'm going to say 8 p.m. Ish. 8 p.m. Yeah, ish. Because <laughs> we all know how that goes. Right. Um, 
Henry Ford Health, in a sense, in Michigan, they've signed an agreement to merge, but they're 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 saying it's not a merger, but it's a merger. Like, I mean, what a, else are you going to call it? Yeah, I mean, Henry Ford Health is taking over at least all of Ascension's Metro Detroit hospitals. Yeah, um, what do they employ? About fifty thousand team members at more than five hundred and fifty sites of care across the area. Yeah, that's a merger. Ascension's acute care hospitals included in the partnership include Ascension Genesis, Macomb, Oakland, Warren, and Madison Heights campuses, Ascension Providence, Novi, and South. Field campuses, Ascension Providence, Rochester, Ascension River District, uh, St. John, Ascension Brighton Center for Recovery, and all of the Henry Ford acute care hospitals and other facilities, including Health Alliance Plan. Ascension is Michigan Southwest and Northern Michigan hospitals will also be part of that as well. And it's expected the uh, expanded organization will be branded as Henry Ford Health and will remain headquartered in Detroit. They said that they are in the process of submitting the agreement to the state and regulatory agencies for review and expect that the transaction will be uh, close, uh, closed by next summer. Yeah, and I think there are a couple Ascension hospitals that will, will remain outside of, of Henry Ford's purview. I'm always leery when these big health systems merge. I think less options for health care. It's not great for patients and it drives prices up. Um, but but we'll see. But yeah, it's I, I feel like it's kind of semantics to say it's not a merger. I my sister works for Ascension. Yeah. And they had like a, a meeting. I said, So so what do you feel happened? She goes, My badge changes. <laughs> That's all I've gathered yeah. from it so far. Yeah, it's, it's gonna they're they're it, they're gonna take off the uh the Ascension logo and just slap on their head. Put a new logo. sticker on there. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, yeah, make sure uh, you you keep your key cards separate so you can get into the parking garage. Right. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Up next at six, it's JR Morning with Guy Gordon, Jamie Edmonds, and Lloyd Jackson. This is First Thing with Mike Parsons and Renee Vitale. Huge breakthrough in a story that uh, has been twenty years in the making, Renee, and 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 hopefully. A, the Holloway family has gotten some type of closure after uh, what, what transpired yesterday. This is so crazy. Jorn Vandersloot has finally admitted to killing Alabama teen Natalie Holloway 18 years ago, bludgeoning her to death on a darkened beach with a cinder block after she fought off his sexual advances. Now, the shocking admission was revealed by prosecutors Wednesday in an Alabama courtroom before Vandersloot pleaded guilty to extorting money from the missing teen's mother, Beth Holloway. The 36-year-old Dutch citizen had long been the prime suspect in the 18-year-old's disappearance. Although he isn't charged in Holloway's death, his confession has brought closure to a case that's captivated the nation for nearly two decades. Beth Holloway told reporters outside the federal courthouse in Alabama, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. Jorn Vandersloot is no longer the suspect in my daughter's murder. He is the killer. The Shatter mom also revealed that Vandersloot confessed to her that he went home home and watched porn after taking his daughter's life. Uh, Vandersloot confessed to the killing as part of a plea deal for extortion and wire fraud after asking her family for $250,000 to reveal the location of her body. He was sentenced Wednesday to 20 years in prison to run concurrently with a 28-year sentence he's serving in Peru in the 2010 sl- 2010 slaying of Stephanie Flores. Yeah, and, and we were talking about this earlier just an absolute piece of human garbage he also said that after he killed natalie holloway he um put her body in the ocean and 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 that's why they've never been able to find her um 
And that's nuts that he can't be tried for Holloway's murder itself. There's a like a 12-year statute of limitations in Aruba for murder. Yeah, so basically he he's just... He's a narcissist, this guy. Oh, I mean, yeah. Sociopath. Like, oh, at by the way, I killed her. And to try to extort the family for $250,000 yeah. after you've already traumatized this yeah. family. What a piece of... There, there's a special place in hell for this guy. Yeah, and, and I'm sure, you know, when it comes to high-profile cases like this or, or cases of people harming children, um, prison kind of has a way of, of, of delivering its own justice. Yep. Yeah. Um, but here's the here's the good thing. It seems like at least Natalie Holloway's family has gotten some closure. Obviously, he's not going to jail for this murder, but he is going to jail for 20 years. And I don't know if that's that's concurrent with his with his current uh, jail uh, jail sentence for 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 the murder of the the young lady that Stephanie Flores. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, It'll run concurrently. Yeah, well, yeah. I would have I would have preferred it to be, um, you know, one after another. But right. he is still going to jail. Chances are some something's going to happen to him in jail. So could uh, you imagine being his parents? Yeah, I, I mean, and Ugh. and and you know, the question is, did they go wrong with them somewhere, or are 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 some people just evil? Uh, you know, regardless of nature versus nurture. Right. Um, and, yeah, and the fact that he told Natalie Holloway's mom that after he was done, he went home, he watched some porn, and then went to school just just shows just shows how absolutely callous and and, yeah. and unfeeling this guy was. You know, if it wasn't already evidenced by the fact that he killed Natalie Holloway and then tried to extort her family for two hundred fifty thousand dollars to to say where he is, uh, good riddance. Good riddance to I bad trash. I have a lot trash. of things to say, but we can't say it on the air of what I think of this man. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, give us the give us the PG thirteen rate. You know, <laughs> there uh, here's is no version of it. <laughs> I, here's the thing, Renee. I, I think that if you did, and we're not going to risk it. I, I think if you did, most people would agree with you and not uh, uh, report you to the FCC. But we'll err on the side, yeah, side let, of caution. Let's not test that theory. Uh, moving on to. I'm going to keep calling it Twitter. Yeah. I'm not going to call it X. I'm not right. going to be like Prince and say the social media site formerly yeah. known as. I'm going to call it Twitter. It's Twitter. Everyone knows what Twitter is. Right. And nobody calls it X. No. But uh, I'm so confused by the, the app logo on my phone. I'm like, I, oh, yeah, that's I know Twitter. you're looking for the little bird. Yeah, and just, where's the birdie? This dystopian black X. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, they are rolling out this test program. <laughs> where they're going to charge new users a dollar a year in New Zealand and Philippines um, if they want to post stuff on Twitter. Uh, There is a free read-only version of this, but if you want to actually post, you have to pay a dollar. And go ahead. This is so stupid. I mean, can we make this app even more useless in my eyes? Yeah, I mean, I I think what this shows is Elon Musk hates new users. and I thought it was stupid too, but I, I, I guess the reason for this is because, um, you know, Elon Musk has been on a crusade against bots. Uh huh. And and I said to myself when I first heard this, you know, the dollar a year is no big deal. It's a dollar a year. Sure, you it, can set it up on auto pay. I'm sure. Yeah, but I said it's not the dollar a year that's the obstacle. 
I, I mean, how many times have you tried to sign up for a free trial and just said the hell with it? Because then you got to uh, put in your credit card information. Yeah. I don't feel like getting up off the couch right. and going to uh, my wallet and putting this in. But but I guess that's the plan. I think they're trying. Uh, I, I heard they're trying to cut down on bots and putting in the credit card information is going to cut down on that. If this becomes the new norm, though, I'll probably just get rid of Twitter because honestly, it, of all the social media platforms, this is probably the one that I use the least. Yeah, I, I me too. And I don't know why Twitter just never resonated with me. Um, you know, I still use Facebook quite regularly. Same here. Um, and then I use Instagram. I don't use TikTok anymore because I've gotten into this algorithm where it's almost like a chain letter. Uh, I'll get this spooky music and it says, uh, reuse this sound or something bad will happen to you. And <laughs> what? I don't know. And <laughs> Just search something different. Change up the algorithm. I know. So I, so now I, you know, I've, I, I'm on about 500 years of bad luck because, because <laughs> I've been scrolling past it because I'm like, Oh, okay. Search you know, a cooking video. You'll be fine. <laughs> a little good luck. Couldn't hurt. Now my entire feed are these chain things. I said, okay. I have to start a new TikTok. Do because, like cleaning hacks, how to hard boil eggs. I don't know. Just change it up. It's not that hard. You know, one rabbit hole I was down for months was watching people clean dirty carpets. Oh my gosh, I was on that one too. It's yeah. so satisfying. Uh, chiropractor people uh, getting cracked yes. at the chiropractor. Yes, so satisfying. Taylor Swift content, and then um, old wrestling nostalgia. Okay, what, you what lost a, me. What a mismatch. <laughs> you lost me. We are not on the same algorithm anymore. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you don't want to be on my algorithm. <laughs> I've seen some stuff on my algorithm. <laughs> All right, so um, Renee, Rite Aid is closing stores, and they actually have released a list of which stores will be closed, a number of them in Metro Detroit. But uh, why don't you catch us up on what's going on with Rite Aid and why it's closing down? Yeah, they're closing more than a dozen stores in Michigan after the company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy this week. The company said that Rite Aid stores will continue to fill prescriptions and customers will still be able to visit its locations or shop online while it goes through its voluntary Chapter 11 process. But that process also will allow it to speed up its plan to close underperforming stores. The company identified 19 Michigan stores that were considered underperforming and will close soon. Locally, uh, you have the list of those stores, yes. the locations. Uh, if if you hear the following stores, <laughs> your Rite Aid is being closed. 24 Mile in Macomb Township, the one on Pontiac Trail in Wixom, the one on Gratiot and Clinton Township, the one on Van Dyke and Shelby Township, Telegraph Road in Taylor, Ford Road in Garden City, the one on 8 Mile in Detroit, sorry Eminem, uh, Garfield in Clinton Township and Middle Belt oh, no. Road. That so was it, mine. I was going to say, was yours spared? Yeah, no, that was mine. So, Garfield. So my Rite Aid has been spared. Oh, uh, good. The one, it's the one on Southfield and Island Park. And, and they kind of owe me because they closed my CVS when CVS was was closing down. So Rite Aid owes you because your CVS closed. The, uh, the I don't drug, think that's how that works. The drugstore gods. Okay. You know, Carmen, how about your Walgreens? Uh, uh, my Walgreens closed. It's now a Dollar Tree. Oh. So Karma is my boyfriend, and it has spared my Rite Aid. All right, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> also. <laughs> Also, they got rid of all the CVSs around me with uh, drive-through pharmacies. 
Oh, no. So now I have to go in in person and be face-to-face with the pharmacist like like the Amish. It's a good thing that we have Russell and uh, we have Russell Pharmacy here in the Fisher Building. Downstairs, yeah. yeah. And they have good popcorn. Yeah, they make a banging cherry Coke down there. <laughs> Come on down and see us. It's First Thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR. First Thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, winding it down as we wind up for JR Morning and, of course, as always, this time of day, we are joined by Guy, Lloyd, and Jamie. Morning, crew. Hey, hey. Good morning. Happy hey. Thursday. Friday Eve. There you go. Friday Eve. <laughs> Have you guys heard of the Forgotten Five? No, uh, because they're forgotten. Right. <laughs> it was, it was, so why it, will we know? <laughs> It's dumb Duh. question. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned for JR Morning. That's it today. It almost, it almost, good night, everybody. Yeah, good night, everybody. <laughs> stay tuned for eight minutes of commercials. Um, yeah, it almost sounds like a Western or some kind of crime caper. Uh, it's actually a, a five toys that get nominated for the National yes, Toy Hall of Fame. Yes, yes, yes. Every year. And they can't make the jump. So the National Toy Hall of Fame decided to do something about it. And they're uh, putting these five up for a vote. And one of them will actually uh, get the get the green jack, the golden jacket, so to speak. The Toys R Us equivalent of Susan Lucci. (laughs) Right. Or Matt Damon trying to get on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to read these off and we're going to go around the panel. You tell me which one of these you think should get the call for the Hall of Fame. There's the the pogo stick. And I'm surprised all these aren't in already. Responsible for more broken arms than skateboards. Yeah. It it should probably be in like the insurance billing Hall of Fame. There you go. (laughs) But I got to say, I had one. So did I. Two of them. Love it. I I, I did too. And the the balance that it teaches you. Yeah. Yeah, my high score is two in a row before falling (laughs) on the pogo stick. There's the Fisher Price popcorn popper. It's that thing that looks like a, a vacuum. Yeah. Oh, I love oh, yeah. that thing. For toddlers, those yeah. are great. Yeah. Uh, I still use mine regularly. Uh, <laughs> My Little Pony, the Pez dispenser, and Transformers. This is a tough. This wow. is a tough oh. choice. So uh, let's. Uh, we'll start. We'll, we'll do this therapy Thursday style and start with Guy. Um, I would go with Transformers. I still play with them with my grandson. <laughs> I know that's right. They are awesome, and they're in. I mean, it's really inventive, and the way you and the engineering of them is just to yeah. me amazing. So I would go with that. But I, I got to give honorable mention to the Pez dispenser. I'm with you on that. Both of those, I, I, I agree. No, no, you have to yeah. pick one. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, but I, I these are the rules be. of. So if I you to, don't if play I have, nice. If I have to pick one, I have to say the Transformers. Okay. okay. That's okay. two for Transformers. Jamie? For, yeah. Well, I'm going with what I played with, and that is the My Little Pony. <laughs> <laughs> girls, girls can play with Transformers. Boys can of play course, with Transformers. Of course, but I played yeah. with My Little Pony. Right. I'm going that. Okay. I had both because I had sisters, so my mom was progressive. My sisters wouldn't let me play My Little Ponies with them because I didn't have mine, so my mom bought, bought me my own. Yeah. Oh, okay. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Renee? Renee? I'm going with the popcorn popper because I feel like when I had mine, it was so old that it was my parents, and it's been around that long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a classic. It is for a little classic. ones it just is. beginning to walk. Yes. It's kind of like the pull toys, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty great and for it that. It makes that noise yeah. that everybody knows. That pop, 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 pop. Yeah. So, so every single one of these, I said, oh, that's my pick. That's my pick. That's my pick. Um, I think, and, and, you know, maybe this is gender bias. I'm going to have to go with, with Guy and Lloyd on Transformers. I think, uh, I, I, I think when it comes to uh, longevity, 
And, um, you know, what I played with most as a kid, uh, I'm going to go with Transformers. So we'll see. If you want to vote, you can go to the National Toy Hall of Fame website until October 24th and November 9th. We'll find out who gets the call. Uh, can I just say, in my day, we didn't have Transformers. <laughs> Back in my day, we, we had to send in a postcard to online vote. <laughs> you walked to school uh, in the snow. Both, oh, uphill, uphill both ways. That's yes. right. I drove my my little pony to school uphill both <laughs> ways right. through the snow. Yeah, this has been a nice exercise in gender norming. Uh, thanks, Mike. Yeah, you're uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I'm, I'm all about social experiments on yeah. this show. Uh, speaking of toys and goodies um you know uh this this year's holiday season is predicted to uh be a little bit down they 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 all the retail associations are expecting sales to be mostly flat and it makes sense i mean we've got this strike going on god forbid it goes throughout the uh the holidays and and who knows there doesn't seem to be any end in sight and uh Student loans are due again. So that's a couple of billion dollars yeah. that's coming out of the economy and going back to the government. So th- yeah. I, I kind of predicted this. Uh, hopefully I'm wrong, but it, it seems like all indicators are going that way. People with adjustable rate mortgages are seeing their you know, payments go up. There's a lot of stuff on that. But, I mean, have you noticed the online? We're getting the catalogs right now at our oh, house. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So about, yeah. I, I got mean, my Bronner's catalog yesterday. Yeah, Gail and I were already shopping for the the, the, the grandkids, and it's you just look at it and you go, this just seems a little early, but it's hmm. mid-October, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those ones that are uh, back to paying student loans. So everybody's getting Taylor Swift friendship bracelets from me. <laughs> be homemade. homemade. Yeah, homemade. <laughs> and it won't be like real uh, friendship bracelet. It'll just be what's whatever's around the house. So twist ties and <laughs> rubber bands. Yeah, and rubber bands it's for everybody. It's the thought that counts. That's there right. you go. Yeah, I, I spent I spent dozens of minutes on each one. There you go. All right. Uh, first thing is done. JR Morning coming up after the news. Stay tuned. And it is first thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, Michigan Congressman Bill Huizinga, found his family in the middle of the Israel-Hamas conflict when his son was stuck there when the fighting broke out. The congressman calls into JR Morning to tell Guy, Lloyd, and Jamie the story about how a colleague in the house helped his son get to safety. Oh, we've got got a special guest, and we're going to take the time to get to him. Congressman Bill Huizinga joining us live this morning. Uh, Just... Just saw your handsome mug on Fox News and and realized that you've been enduring your your own drama here with what's happening in Israel because your son was over there. Good morning. Good morning. It's uh, good to be with you, Guy. And uh, it's even better making sure that Adrian is home now, uh, safe and sound. Sir, why was your son in Israel and what happened? Yeah, he uh, he's studying for his master's uh, in ancient biblical history and geography. So clearly a very employable uh, uh, degree, right? <laughs> That's a dad comment. Uh, yes, exactly. But here, and I got to say this about Adrian. Uh, he is a young man who loves the Lord and wants to serve that kingdom. And uh, so he, he has been to Israel a few other times. Uh, he started his master's there last year. And, um, and really his, his intent is to connect historical uh, uh, circumstances and context with a modern faith. And so that's what he, he wants to teach or become a minister himself. And uh, so he, he was over there. Um, in fact, my wife and I had visited over Easter slash Passover slash Ramadan uh, last, uh, last spring and, or this spring. 
And um, it's a great small school that he's at. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when this happened and the invasion happened uh, by Hamas, um, we were keeping a very, very close eye on this. My phone started ringing in the office uh, with constituents who were stuck there and trying to get out and trying to assess what was going on. Uh, and, uh, and then my colleague, Corey Mills, who's a new congressman from, uh, from Florida, who has a uh, background in military and intelligence and had actually helped people get out of Afghanistan, he headed over to Israel. And um, so I, I was really calling Corey uh, uh, last end of last week to really get an assessment of what was going on on the ground, uh, how dangerous was it, and uh, and uh, he when he found out that my son was uh, was in Jerusalem, uh, he said, "Bill, look, this is this is going sideways here, and uh, we need to get him out." Uh, meanwhile, Adrian had filled out the State Department intake form and all those things. There's a longer story I won't go into, but they, 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 they misplaced it. He had to fill it out two, two more times. Oh, um, he, got a, he got a flight manifest, but there was no flight attached to it. Um, and, uh, and ultimately, Corey said, I'm getting him. My team is going to go get him, uh, which they did. They, he ended up getting out uh, in a neighboring country on commercial air. Uh, and uh, it wasn't until he was uh, he was actually on his way back to the states that we were able to take a, a sort of a sigh of breath and you know relief here. Uh, but uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, we've got uh, a situation here where we know that there's American citizens that are having a very difficult time getting out of harm's way. And, uh, and the, the State Department has to get better at this. If we've got private citizens that are able to do this, why can the federal government not do this? And there's a, there's a sad case of deja vu here about botched withdrawals. We know that Corey Mills was instrumental in getting our people out of Afghanistan during that uh, problematic withdrawal. As, as well. And 96 Americans, uh, you know, that he's returned so far, and 77 American citizens himself, he returned himself. you you, you got to be happy that uh, he's done that and that your son was one of them. Uh, we are very, very thankful for that, and it's groups like uh, like his and, and uh, uh, NeverForgotten.org is uh, one of the groups that he works with. Um, it's uh, It's it's unfortunate that we have to depend on them, but we are thankful that uh, that they are there and, and doing that. And, yeah. um, you know, we're thankful. And we heard from Adrian on Fox News. Here's what he had to say. Um, I was very thankful Congressman Mills' team just did a great job. I, they contacted me Friday. I was out of Israel Saturday and then home by Sunday. Um, and the government, it was four days and then asking where I even am. Yeah. You know, is it just me or does, yeah, is got, he even more well spoken than his dad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when you when you said the handsome part, I thought I was <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, he takes after his mom. But, uh, you know, I mean, the interesting thing was, is we're sitting on the couch in our home in Holland on Monday afternoon at 345. Yeah. His phone rings and it's a 202 area code. And I said and he looked at me and I, and I said, answer that. It was the State Department. Asking him, where are you? How can we help you? Oh are you able to get to the airport? And he's like, I'm, I'm home. And, they, <laughs> oh, and, and, 
and they said, uh, they said, oh, well, uh, so are you safe? He's like, no, I'm, I'm home in back in Michigan. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it, look. If we can have insurance adjusters in at, on the heels of a disaster, if we can, you know, we we know how technology works, right? You know, and and the point is, is that uh, the private sector can respond to disasters and things that are going on in the world. Uh, why can't the federal government? I mean, we we should be able to do that. And I got a feeling there's a certain congressman. Everybody. Yeah, I got a I got a feeling there's a certain congressman from the west side of the state that's going to be asking those questions uh, from from his uh, from his perch. Uh, and we we also need to connect with you. I know you've uh, you have some legislation out there to to uh, to punish Iran. And uh, yeah. just very quickly, tell us what that's about. Yeah. So what what's happened, uh, guy, is that there's been backsliding on the uh, uh, on the sanctions that have been put on Iran, and uh, my bill, which is uh, w- which is a, a, a an attempt to toughen those back up to force the hand of this administration. All you have to do is look at oil exports and what and the explosion of exports that have come out of Iran. That's how they are being funded. That's how groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and others are getting their their money through Iran, and Iran is getting it through oil sales. China being one of the largest of those purchasers. So uh, we've got to make sure that the uh, that those sanctions are back in place and are as firm and as strong as we they can possibly be. Yeah, they've tripled their domestic uh, production and, uh, and and transmission of of petrol. So yeah. Bill Heisinger, we're so happy Adrian is, is home safely. We're sorry that you've had to go through this uh, unnecessary drama, and thanks for calling. Yeah, well, and just again, a reminder for folks that are out there listening, if you've got loved ones in the area, please reach out to those congressional offices. Uh, talk to our caseworkers. Let us know. We will help, uh, and if, if we can't help with the State Department, guess what? We'll help you get connected in. Uh, with uh, groups like uh, Never Forgotten and uh, and others uh, that that are actually getting people out right now. All right, take care, my friend. All right, good to be with you. Thanks All right, for... Bill Heisinger, Congressman from uh, Republican from Holland. Uh, just you know, you never know what you're going to expect on this show. This no. Jr. Morning. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale. We'll be right back.